Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, final hours here for the Monday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here at Outkick.com. Chad, we've got uh, plenty to discuss over the next hour. We have a national title to give our thoughts on, predictions for. We'll also check in with Trey Wallace coming up in a bit. He's in Houston for tonight's matchup between Michigan and Washington. Yesterday, you had a cool experience. Took your daughter to her first NFL game. Well, it was her second NFL game, first with me. She had a friend from school. Uh, her family took her to a game, very kind of them. But this is my first experience with my daughter, Evie, at a game. And uh, what I found was little kids are way more interested in getting on the Jumbotron than the action on the field at yeah. times. So I was impressed with my daughter's understanding of yelling things like, get them, get them to the ground, get them at times. And then cheering on, you know, touchdowns and made field goals and all those things. Yeah, also, the foam uh, finger. Yeah, understanding that part of it, while also um, fully embracing standing on a seat, jumping up and down, screaming, trying to mimic whatever was going on with the cheering people on the jumbotron in order for the camera to look at her and get her up on the jumbotron. She also wanted me to play every single thing where I had to grab a barcode and scan it on the jumbotron. Oh. Every in stadium game, I had to play on my phone for her. Do you have any text now, like spamming? I I just cleared out my email, so I'm sure that you know there's going to be a lot more coming in. Also, Clear your cash. We got the forty percent off in the team store through one of these grab like you grab prizes on barcodes in the stadium in a virtual game. Yeah. I said, all right, we can go in there and get a T-shirt. You don't have anything, you know, NFL, Titans, get you a T-shirt. Did not want a T-shirt, Hutton. As you mentioned, wanted one thing, one thing only. A giant foam number one finger. That and also got her some Titans awesome. earrings. But whoever invented the giant foam finger, I mean, hats off to you, sir, or ma'am, whoever it was. It may have been a woman that invented this, but... This is a tried and true object that lures people in over generations that I will never fully understand. But every kid in that team store was like a moth to a flame, right to that number one foam finger, and they all wanted it. Parents all caved and, and got it for them. That's the one thing that Evie wanted. But she had a ball. We had a good time. Didn't get too cold. Uh, stayed relatively warm the whole day. The hot chocolate for all. It was a good time. Looks like a high school student invented this. The first prototype. Uh, oh, there finger, we go. 1971. A Tumwa High School student, Steve Schimler. Tumwa, great football program. What I constructed hear. A, the giant foam hand out of cloth and paper mache for the, the Iowa High one. School Championships. It's amazing how the simple things just last, right? You can have some newfangled object that, uh, you know, the, uh, something that uh, my, my daughter got over Christmas was a hot chocolate maker, but all it does is it like shakes the ingredients up. That's all you do is put it. So what you could do with a spoon and stir it in, it just shakes it for you. And I'm thinking this is probably no offense to the person who got my okay. daughter this this gift. Okay, you know, fine gift. She loves hot chocolate. This exact model. This is something that this model and this entire product <laughs> is going to go away with time. But the foam finger 
has lasted from what, 1971? Atumka? There it is. Atumta? Atumwa. Atumwa High School. It's it's lasted until now, and it, it's incredible. You think someone at the local newspaper saw the gentleman in the black rim glasses March and 18th, the foam finger 71. and thought, man, this guy is really on to something. This, They're going to be selling this in 2024 to some poor sap of a father for his eight-year-old daughter to buy. And it's going to be the one thing she's going to want in the pro shop. And – I don't this think they knew. Made the local paper and then the school yearbook, and the rest is history. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Now, I wonder if that person had, has made any money off of it. Steve Schimler. Or did it just go to public domain immediately, and that person hasn't seen a dime from the selling of, of foam fingers? I'd love for this story to end with a Netflix movie about this guy where he became a billionaire because he invented the <laughs> foam finger, but he probably didn't make a dime off doing that. <laughs> Not a dime. No. Nope. Unlike Barbie, right? Inventing Barbie. No. Nope. Coming up with Barbie. Uh, Black Monday has arrived. So far, five coaches, five openings in the NFL. We knew of the three. We we knew of the Panthers and the Raiders and the Chargers. Now we add Washington to that list, as, as well as Atlanta, Arthur Smith, and Ron Rivera out. Washington, busy. Reports are they've already reached out to several teams asking for for permission to interview certain coaches. Keep in mind, the coaching candidates that are currently in the league won't won't be interviewing until after the divisional round of the postseason, a new rule that they put in place this year. Um, that will slow the process down a bit. And we also have more decisions to be made, Chad. We don't know yet about the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel. We haven't received word on the direction of the New England Patriots, Belichick not giving any indication one way or the other, quiet as normal, uh, grumpy and uh, as normal. And maybe another surprise could be coming in Dallas where Jerry Jones, after watching the Cowboys secure their second divisional crown in the last three seasons, said, well, we'll see how things go when asked about Mike McCarthy's future as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, stay, There's pressure there. Staying in that division, uh, Nick Sirianni with the uh, just complete free fall of the Eagles. If they lose to Tampa on Monday Night Football in the divisional in the in the wild the super wild card round, excuse me, not Good. just wild card, super <laughs> wild card weekend, I should say. Um, could we maybe not see a change now? But is he not firmly on the hot seat going the next no year? No doubt. With that roster, no doubt. and I would not be shocked if he were fired. If well, they lose in the in the in the super wild card round of the playoffs, I th- there's there have to be answers to the turmoil that we've heard about and seen the last what month and a half. That's it's up. It's it's there. It's evident. And how cohesive that team was a year ago, right? Yeah. They fire their defensive. They they change defensive coordinators in week fifteen. Jalen Hurts is saying that, that there's there, there's no cohesion, there's not communication, the buy-in. That's weird. No, it's more strange. than weird, it's detrimental. Now you got Jalen Hurts who's injured. They're trying to win this game. They're trying to win the division, trying to be, get the two seed. And instead, they're banged up now. More than I mean, they're they're dead on arrival as they go into the postseason and they head to Tampa Bay. It's a it's- huge about face given the fact that we saw them go through a stretch where they were winning. And while they started with a schedule that was very beneficial, they also knocked off some good teams until they went on the skid. 
and they went on the skid because something behind the scenes took place. So something's I, I, gone I don't rule that out. I think that's a good thought by you there. It's something's gone awry there. A- another question I was pondering over the weekend is Jalen Hurts capable of changing facial expressions? Because if one doesn't even change their face when their middle finger is dislocated the way it was, his eyes barely even moved when he looked down at it and just thought, oh, well, my finger's now going in the wrong direction and walked off the field. It's remarkable how little emotion or anything that guy shows at any time. He is as deadpan as anyone I've ever seen play yeah. any sport. He never changes facial expression. I watched the quarterback series with Patrick Mahomes. Getting ready for the Super Bowl, they had a meet and greet, some deal, some corporate deal with him and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is yucking it up with him, trying to talk to him. This guy did not change facial expressions, barely said seven words the entire time. He is as robotic, emotionless as anyone you're going to get. That face right there is not the face I'm making if my finger is going in that direction. I have dislocated multiple fingers. I can tell you my face showed the pain. I probably showed too much emotion on my face, and I can let everyone know exactly what I'm feeling in the moment based on the look of my face. There are times Hutton walks in during a commercial break and says, everything okay? Because he knows by looking at my face that I'm pissed off about something or bothered about something. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts has this superhuman ability to almost sever his finger in half and not change facial expressions at all. Dude's running in touchdowns, no no change. Throwing pick sixes, no change one way or the other. I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's more good than bad for Jalen Hurts, but it's crazy to see that guy never emote in the least bit. And how is it's also crazy that there's the dislocated finger here. There is no fracture. Reportedly no fracture. And apparently no uh, ACL injury for A.J. Brown, despite he... He's had knee issues even when he played for the Titans. It's it's crazy, but I will say, uh, again, this is actually one injury I have some history with. It's pretty common to just never fracture your finger, yeah. but just rip every ligament out of it. So every time you do something like that, here's the tricky thing with it. Your finger doesn't break, and it's actually harder to break, but it's easier to dislocate again. So once you do something like that, you injure the, the tendons and the ligaments in your finger so much and it's stretched so thin that it makes oh. the dislocation of that finger very easy the next time it happens. So it's kind of a kind of a catch twenty two, right? It's it's never better after it happens, but it's also not more likely to break after it happens. It's just more likely to dislocate again. How do you feel if you're Baltimore or San Francisco right now? I look at this playoff field and while it could be wide open, I also think this is extremely top-heavy from what we've seen in the regular season. But both teams are resting some of their starters, right? Making sure they're healthy. I would have done the same thing. But the layoff for teams that are playing well and in the middle of you know hitting their hot streak at the right time, two weeks is a cool-off period. It's hard to get back into the same rhythm, even if... It's just a couple of days, I and 14 it. days is not that long of a period unless you're you're on a hot streak. I I, I hate it. I, I understand the thinking, right, but if you're I, the team to I, do it. Jalen Hurts is a prime example, A.J. Brown. Absolutely. You don't want to get a guy injured, but I, I hate that you've worked every day since the start of training camp over a football season, and then to just take time off and get out of that rhythm, it throws me off every time thinking about it. I fear for the Ravens and the 49ers from that perspective. Yeah. 
uh, of their issues they could have. And let me also say, there's a reason that Sam Darnold is a backup quarterback because him just handing the ball to the Rams well, about 15 yards away from kicking a game-winning field goal on, on his one scramble attempt shows why he is still a, a Carson backup quarterback. Wentz set a record with 11 rushes for the Rams from quarterback. I mean, Carson Wentz. Sam Darnold, though, he, he, I think it was like, speaking of middle fingers, is a middle finger that glanced his right arm as he was scrambling, and that somehow projected his arm all the way forward <laughs> and fumbles it right to a Rams player to lose the game, where they were probably 20 yards away from kicking a, a field goal to win that game for the 49ers with Sam Darnold. C.J. Stroud can be the discussion point and the, the real winner of this playoff push. Getting in, beating Indy, and then also seeing Jacksonville lose. Uh, that, that can be the storyline for Houston. And, uh, I mean, look at what they've done in a, a year where they shouldn't have done much at all in a rebuild. Is Trey ready? Oh, no, he's not ready. I'm getting one thumbs up, one thumbs down. Trey Wallace is about to join us uh, coming up from, from Houston. They like to keep uh, us on our toes yes, here no, at Tubbs. Yes, no. I, I, yeah. We don't know. You know, next time we're going to do this. We're going to do the old Commodus. Yeah. No. Find nope, out. Nope. Will down, we connect down. or disconnect? Speaking of Commodus, Gladiator 2 coming out this year. Excited about that. Every day I'm going to reveal a movie or a TV show I'm excited about in 2024. What? Gladiator 2. 25 years after the original, I think 19 or 1999 or 2000, 2000, I want to say 24 years after the original, there is a sequel to gladiator coming out with the same type of cast. It, no? it is a similar story, obviously same universe, but I believe a like completely same, like, different. Well, cast. well, I mean, we, we know There's the result with, with, with who was All right, um, killed, but Pedro Pas Pascal is in it. Denzel Washington. Wow. Okay. Is in it. Paul Mescal, he's going to play Luke. Oh, it's up. Uh, it's right. It's a prequel, right? Or okay, he's, cool. he's the son. No, it's, it's a sequel. He's the son. Adam, not if I'm right. He's the son or nephew of Commodus. So That's Paul awesome. Mescal plays Lucius, who is the nephew of Commodus, Joaquin Phoenix's character in the first one. Joaquin Phoenix, um, I believe, killed, spoiler alert, in the original Gladiator. So he will not be making an appearance in this one. Keep an eye on uh, the... The hirings or firings retained or not, thumbs sideways, right in the middle, up or down. We'll keep an eye on that for uh, NFL coaches uh, for the uh, next hour. Uh, we say hello to Trey Wallace, who joins us from Houston. He is at an NFL stadium in Houston for tonight. National, cha national championship, college football playoff, Michigan and Washington. Uh, this venue is a cavern. Trey? You have made it to the top. I have I have made it to the top. This is uh, as you guys have probably been here a lot. Yeah, I have not been here a lot uh, because of the Titans. Um, but man, this is uh, it's starting to fill in. Uh, you got a lot of Washington fans here. Uh, kind of surprising on my part. And uh, the party is starting. A little shout out to Detroit, Michigan, with Eminem on the background. So we're getting ready. Party's about to go down. I mean, what time does this game kick off that people are already arriving? I've seen you, you're already there. I mean, I'm impressed at the amount of media members yeah. who are posing on the field five, six hours before the game. We've covered games where I, I don't normally get there five or six hours before unless you're setting something up. It's a Super Bowl. So hats off to you, uh, Trey, for being there that early, but you're not alone. There is a reason why I'm here early, and it's because. 
we're about to be under a tornado warning for the next five hours while the game goes on. So there's about to be a massive storm uh, that hits Houston. So should be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But it's a look, the, the environment is set. The Michigan folks are here. Uh, Gilbo, Glenn Gilbo's here for not kick. We're all covered. Uh, it's going to be a fun game tonight. I really don't know what to expect. And that's the first time I've said that in a long time when it comes to, a, I think, a national championship, especially coming off last year, that drumming between Georgia and TCU. I think that I'm not going to have to write my postgame article until at least the game ends tonight. You can't say that for last year. I had that done in the second half. No, you get to actually wait and see what happens in this one. I hope everyone stays safe from those storms down there also. Is this Jim Harbaugh's last game as Michigan Wolverines coach? What has been the talk with everyone there covering? I know you were at his his media event yesterday, Trey. Is the sense that we're going to see Jim Harbaugh in that Michigan sweatshirt sweater for the final time tonight? I, I, I personally do. But I, I don't know when that's going to happen. I do know that, that once this game's over with, he'll start you know, taking his time when it comes to NFL, start speaking with his agent, Don Yee, a little bit more about what teams are interested in him, uh, about where he could possibly go. Uh, President Santo Ono of Michigan said, that, look, we've had the contract. He said this today at the team hotel. They've had the contract in front of him for a while now. Uh, he has decided not to sign that. I think that says just about everything. And the biggest thing that stands out to me is we cannot go three years in a row with Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL and he's finally going to have to make a decision, you know, and he's finally going to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to jump to the NFL now. I'm done with this. The back and forth, putting Michigan through this is another thing as well. Talk to some coaches about that. Uh, you have to understand that what Michigan's done tonight, there's going to be about a five-day period where players can enter the transfer portal. You're setting up what 2024 is going to look like. They can't be hanging on to the seat, you know, until late July, I'm sorry, January, until they figure out what Jim Harbaugh does. Personally, for me, I think this is it. Either way, if he walks off the field with a national championship trophy or if he walks off the field with nothing, this is his last game as a Michigan head football coach. What is this? What would a title mean for J.J. McCarthy? I think it's, it's finally putting the outside noise to bed. I think about McCarthy. Uh, there, there's a lot of folks that, that don't think that what has the conversation been like with J.J. McCarthy for his, his time in Michigan? It's been, okay, is this a guy that's actually going to be able to get things done? Is he one of the top quarterbacks in college football? I don't think he is, but I think he is one hell of a manager and game manager for Michigan. And I think the way that he's been able to get on the football field this year, especially passing the ball down the field, exposing some secondaries, this is it for him, man. Like, this is the big yep. one. This is why Blake Forum's here. This is why J.J. McCarthy's here to finish their story off and win a national championship. If they don't, you're going to look back at this season, guys, and everything that we have talked about for 14 weeks from the first suspension of the year to the Connor Stallions ordeal, it's all going to come back up again in, in Michigan falling short. I think it's massive for J.J. tonight. We, we flipped the storyline a bit where Michigan had to prove uh, in, in the semifinal they would match up against the SEC front when they were doing that in, in their own conference the last few years. Now it's Washington. Can Washington match the physicality of what Michigan will bring in the trenches? What do you say? I, I think I think Washington's going to match it tonight. I think Washington, in my opinion, the biggest thing they can do is is take Blake Forum off his game running the football. 
the way Michigan's going to win the football tonight is if Blake Foreman rushes for 120 yards, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's how Michigan went. For Washington, for them to be able to and, – and for them to go up against Texas last weekend, I think it proved to a lot of people in the trenches, this is a team that could battle back and forth with a team with a quarterback who could swing the football, a running back when you got A.D. Mitchell out there. I think Washington proved a lot when it comes to getting after the quarterback and forcing some mistakes. I know how it ended last year, last week. So I'm not really playing into that. I, I think tonight Washington could take another step when it comes to their defense, not just their offense. And I think that could be the biggest thing tonight that sways this game Washington's favor. I wonder how quickly Harbaugh bolts to the NFL and how quickly Michigan makes their announcement of their next head coach because they have to be prepared. Harbaugh's been preparing this. And, I mean, Harbaugh's got... I want to know how much he talks post-game. He's barely talked throughout this stretch of the last four or five wins it for the Wolverines. He really He's been defers very brief. to his team, Hutton, and also defers to talking about the business of college football well, more than anything else when he's and, talking to the media. And with no penalty headed his way, if he's truly going pro, back to the pros, he may open up and say a lot tonight post-game. He could. I, I, I think he could. I think that this could end up waiting till they get back to Ann Arbor uh, and they have a year-end press conference. Um, I, I don't think... I, Jim Harbaugh has been very methodical with what he has said. Um, talking about, you know, Animal Planet and all that nonsense yeah, right, yesterday. Right. Um, it, you know, either tonight is going to be something where he gets everything off his chest or he waits till he's back in his comfortable spot, which is Ann Arbor, speak to the local media there and, and kind of open up what his thought process has been. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to come out and, you know, he's not going to be like the notebook movie. He's not going to just come out and express all of his feelings. But I do think we're going to get a better understanding of what this has kind of been like. But Jim Harbaugh is kind of a hidden guy, man. He doesn't want to talk about this stuff. I feel like Michigan deserves answers when it comes to what goes on with Harbaugh. And let me tell you, this is another thing that was pointed out to me. If he dips out after this game and Michigan is hammered by the NCAA in five months or six months, and then don't forget about the Connor Stallions ordeal. His legacy will be tarnished in Ann Arbor. So he's got to start talking, and it's time. It's time. Either tonight or when he gets back home, you know, I, I think it's time to open up and, and let's, let's peel the layers back a little bit to what we've seen all season long. Have you seen McAfee there? I have, yeah. I ran into McAfee. We spoke yesterday at the, the hotel. We spoke this morning and uh, seems to be living the life, doing, doing pretty good. Calling out, can't uh, say the same about his bosses, right? Yeah, calling out one of uh, one, uh, of, them, one, anyway. one of his bosses one for, of them. for sure. One of his bosses. Uh, you know, it, it it would feel a little bit odd to talk so much about Michigan without talking about Ohio State. So I'll ask one Ohio <laughs> State question here: Will Howard, Quinshawn Jenkins on campus reportedly? What do you think about the moves being made by Ryan Day right now to? Try to salvage things, quite honestly. It sounds crazy for a team that's lost so few times overall, but losing this many times in a row to Michigan, uh, being called out by Lou Holtz, everything else that's going on right now, what do you think about the adjustments being made by Ryan Day with these guys? Chad, Ryan, Ryan Day is trying to save his job in 2024. Uh, if he goes out there and throws a dud, let's just say they lose three games next year, definitely lose to, to Michigan potentially. Let's just say they lose to Michigan. Um 
you brought in Will Howard to be your extension until you can get to Aaron Nolan at quarterback. I mean, that's exactly what did you really replace with Will Howard and Kyle McCord? Not much. Like you, you, you're kind of getting the same type of quarterback. So to me, this was a, I don't want to say a desperation move, but it also, it kind of reached that when it comes down to, okay, we know what the offense could look like next year. I know what they're losing. I know what they have at running back. They had Quinshawn Duncan in there, you know, and they're going to have to pay a, pay a pretty penny, in my opinion, to make that happen. I think it's all about Ryan Day trying to hold the people at bay next season. Because if they come out and they squander 2024, let's just say they don't make the playoffs. There are enough people pissed off with Ryan Day right now in Buckeye land that they forced that move out of there. So I, I think the Will Howard and the Duncans thing is, how can I win immediately in 2024 while I can keep my job and then get prepared for 25? I think it also, uh, James Franklin's also in this list for hot seat. You're watching Absolutely. Washington tonight. Penn State will host Washington as they join the Big Ten next season. Uh, and while they're not playing Michigan, they will play Ohio State. They will play USC. This is where James Franklin, while you remove one of the two teams every other year with Michigan and Ohio State, you got to prove it now. Because while you've been number three, uh, there's you're watching the team that will take your spot quickly. Well, and it's also, guys, you know, I think it's even bringing this over about Michigan, too. If Michigan loses this game tonight, they're going to be one or three in the playoffs at a time where you had the perfect opportunity to at least make the last year they, they squandered that against ECU and the Fiesta Bowl. They weren't taking them seriously. The year before, I get it. You got throttled by a Georgia team that was fantastic in the Orange Bowl. You got an opportunity to finish it right here and finish the story, you know, and, and finally win a title. If they don't win a championship tonight against this Washington team, you have to wonder and you look into the Jim Harbaugh era and 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 you and, and Ryan Day would be like, what well, wait a minute. You know, Michigan didn't win that title with all that talent they've had in Ann Arbor. I just, a lot of things can happen tonight when it comes to Big Ten football. And if Washington comes out of here and wins this football game tonight as the last time for the Pac-12, good Lord, the story's going to write themselves, guys. Yeah, and it's also, Trey, just briefly, it's also the first time for the Big Ten for Washington. Because at, while the yeah. SEC, I, I realize publicly, and I, I, I believe Sankey when he says, we're fine where we are at 16. Like, we're, we're good. We're good with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. We're going to stay put. Washington, if they have a classic barn burner or if they win, they win the national title, they're coming straight into the Big Ten, that strengthens the Big Ten, not just from the perception of the conference, but legitimate legitimate strength from what we've seen with two teams getting in the college football playoff last year. And, I mean, technically not two this year, but really two. And where they're headed with all the money, with the teams coming in, I mean, they, they look great, and, and Tony Petiti showed some strength, didn't necessarily have the, the greatest suspension for Harbaugh, but he did something as the conference. That's, that's different than what we would have seen. I think it is, and I think to add on to the fact that these two teams are going to face off in October of next year, I think that's even bigger. Like, I, yeah. I, I do. I think the Big Ten, you're, look, there's no way of getting around it. With USC and UCLA that you're adding in, you get Washington and Oregon adding in, you know, I, I don't care what happens with the Pac-12 next season and going down the Pac-2. You win a title tonight. You have this momentum coming into your conference, television rights. You you can play this off. The Big Ten can make so much money off something that the, technically the Pac-12 is going to do tonight. You make a really good point 
And I think that's something the Big Ten officials are loving. I, if you probably put them to a lie detector test, to be really honest with each other, and I said, okay, do you really care if Washington or Michigan wins this thing tonight? I think revenue-wise, they're going to be in the best shape next year either way. Who wins this game? So you're kind of on you're, you're on to something with that one. I think they definitely want Washington. What do you guys? What do you say, Chad? I think if Big Ten would want Washington. Yeah, I think so. It's um, it's gonna be fun either way. I'm I'm excited. It's two just very diverse stories. Yeah. When you look on each end of this, with what Michigan is fighting for and fighting against, and then with Washington, it's been a terrific story and a wild ride all year. Trey, we appreciate you, man. Uh, stay safe yeah. with those storms there, and um, hopefully you get a great game tonight, one that you don't have to write the post-game column at halftime with. Guys, listen, I appreciate it. We have had a great season of college football coverage on Hot Mike. Thanks to you guys for doing it. We're going to wrap this thing up here in Houston. One of these teams is going home a national title. Thank you follow outkick.com for all the coverage. Thanks, boys. I really appreciate y'all. Yeah, great work all year, yeah, Trey. Same. We appreciate your contribution. Thank you, sir. Hopefully we're not uh... – seeing this game played, you know, tomorrow or late night. They're right, Houston's right on the fringe of the tornado severe weather. Now, the lightning delay won't affect them because they're in a dome. Yeah. But tornado warning. Do you remember when the lightning though affected the game in LA at SoFi one time? Yeah, because they they're technically out they they still have to Because part of like the they concourse have, is outdoors or something? Have, no, they have more of a lid instead of a closed roof on okay. their stadium. I got There's you. an opening so they have to adhere to the lightning delay policy. It's like ten miles, ten mile radius, eight mile radius within There's the. No stadium. open windows that would prevent this game from happening. No, nothing in uh, nothing in Houston, but I mean we've seen the SEC basketball. Somebody leave a window open for a draft, and they have to close the. What would they do? The they just move it to tomorrow if if something is really severe. I mean you've got all the you've got everyone there. You got the fans, or you play it uh, you play it out at three a.m. Eastern. I'm, 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 they have to be discussing that based on this. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would think you just move it back a day. I, I would but there, think so. there's so much involved for so that, much. too. I don't, yeah. Um, glad I don't have to plan that. This, uh, glad the I'm not the one responsible for that one. Tornado threat scale at Modder is listed out of a one to five, four out of five right now. That's not good. And Houston's on the edge of that warning. Well, I, did, I, I didn't see all the, the weather issues, but I've just been on social I, media. I've seen everyone that I follow that covers college football is posing on the field like five hours before kickoff. And I'm thinking, man. Really doing their due diligence here, getting there early, walking things around. Are they gonna? Would you gonna run every stair in the stadium tonight before <laughs> uh, the game? Like, what are you trying you to get? You wouldn't be at? able to do that in time. You know when you see the coaches that are out working yeah. out on the field yeah. hours before the game. That's college football media tonight. Hey, uh, media also know this yet. Uh, best food in the NFL, Houston. Houston. Barbecue. Uh, Tex-Mex. Oh, nice. They get it done. My Come best up. experience was uh, Foxborough because they had a really good clam chowder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they remember yep. they brought they had the meal, then they'd bring out like clam chowder for a snack, and I'm thinking this is this is delicious. This should be every NFL this is your rider box. to heaven right yeah. here. Coming up, uh, Alpha and Betas for the weekend, and we also discussed the uh, LeBron James and what Jimmy did he son, say Bronny. about his son exactly? He, we got to get into absolutely this. was the word absolutely uh, in regards to making the jump and playing for well his dad's team. That's next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody Air Location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on here at Outkick.com. Outkick.com slash watch is where you can go uh, to stream all of the live programming. You can catch us uh, on the YouTube channel post-show by subscribing there to the Outkick channel. But for all live content, unfiltered content, uh, you can head over to Outkick.com slash watch. Click the watch tab if you just go to the front page. 
and the show will... What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Pop up right there, you hit play. Chad, um, LeBron James, Lakers are awful after losing yet another game uh, against the Grizzlies. Said that uh, his son, Bronny, could absolutely play. Absolutely play for the Lakers right now. Well, it's first off, you know, a parent's going to be a parent and at times uh, defer to their children, regardless if truth is getting in the way. Uh, Bronny James is not ready for the, the NBA. He's averaging 6.4 points per game right now at USC. He's coming off a terrible game recently. He's recovering from cardiac arrest at this point also, and he's making his comeback from that. Um, and it's just such an insult to your current teammates. And the yeah. Lakers have been playing terrible lately, but if you want to really piss off professionals, go ahead and say that your 18-year-old son is better and could help out the team that you're currently on when you're playing with grown men uh, in the NBA. N not a great look for LeBron on this one. Saying it would be easy. I mean, it's just, uh, what is it? How's that possible? Easy no. to make the jump. He's it, It's He's, he makes it look difficult right now in college, right? Like, yeah, he's not making the now, jump to college basketball right. to make it look easy, much, now, much less the NBA. This is what I have It's also for a, a complete knock at the NBA if he's actually telling the truth. If well, he really believes this, then that's not a great regular season, ringing second endorsement. Quarter, regular season, second quarter, maybe. Oh, I think <laughs> you and I could possibly get by for about 45 seconds, get down the court and maybe pass a couple times, yeah. knowing no one's going to defend us exactly. that much. Like, oh, I can catch it on the wing and then you know throw it down to the post. I can get that done for you. Uh, I have thought this for a while now. They want a franchise in Vegas. LeBron has openly said he wants to be the owner of said team, or part of that group. And I think Bronny James and LeBron James will play on the same team at some point before that Vegas mission happens. But I do think if, if LeBron is owning a team at some point, Bronny James is likely playing on that team. Are we going to have? I, I do think LeBron James 
wants his son to be on the same team with him. Yeah, that's going to be the end of the story for them, you know, like uh, Tiger Woods um, caddying for his son and so on and so forth. Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr. Right. Watching the video of Ken Griffey Jr. going in front of his dad who was in left field and he was in center and catching the fly ball from him after he called it at one point. LeBron probably wants that cute moment for him and his son at some point in the game, an alley-oop, a lob to the other one, something like that, that will be very marketable it's also handing the for crown. years to come. Yeah. King James. I, I, I agree, but I, let me, I'm hesitating saying that. I agree. Bronny I agree James too. is the next no, I, LeBron James. But, yeah, I mean, getting your son to the NBA and playing on the same team would be quite the accomplishment. Lasting that long, if you're LeBron James, to make that happen is, is great. Uh, there's a, a, also the, the scuffle, the, a dirty hit by LeBron that, Chad, you say as much to do about nothing? Do we have the video of this? No, we, we do not have the video of it. Um, it's not a dirty hit. I've seen people claim this is a dirty With hit. Taylor Jenkins? I am an expert on what is dirty and what is not in the game of basketball especially. I told you the Draymond Green hit was dirty, and it was absolutely dirty. He knew exactly what he was doing yes. in this instance. LeBron James is on the ground with Jaron Jackson. What is left out of every story I've read about this is the fact that Jaron Jackson has LeBron James in an arm hold the entire time, not letting him get off the ground. And when he's got his arm locked up, LeBron just shoves his forearm slightly to get out of the hold, and it glances up against Jaron Jackson's face, barely. And Jackson acts like... He just got uh, elbowed in the face. He, he acts like Rudy Tomjanovich, for those that can go way back, that got sucker punched by Kermit Washington in a game. This was not dirty. It was flopping by Jackson, and he was holding hey. LeBron while he was on the ground going for a loose ball. I am quick to criticize LeBron James when it's warranted. What he said about his son easily making the transition to the NBA to the Lakers, that criticism is warranted. This is not. This was not a dirty play. He did nothing wrong uh, on this play. And uh, the reaction from Taylor Jenkins in real time. He looks unhinged. Yes. Uh, He looks like a a madman. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Looks like a football coach. That's someone that comes into the game thinking, I hate this dude to start with. And I'm looking for any excuse to go after the officials because they're showing favoritism towards him. I see nothing wrong with this play. What was wrong was when the guy's on the ground and you – Hold a guy's arm, not allowing him to get up off the ground. You know what you're doing there. Quite frankly, he's lucky that LeBron James didn't give him a dirty hit on his way up off the court. Instead, he barely moves his arm, and his forearm grazes his cheekbone. Give me a break. Yeah, we should be playing the video of that. I thought we might have it. We got a photo. Keep keep narrating it for us. Yeah. So what happens is they fall to the ground. For some reason, we can't. Play, it's like Golden uh, Globes. Play by play. Golden Globes. We're gonna have a um, watch other shows for that. We're gonna have it. We're gonna have a script. Yeah, we're not getting play by play here on this one. That's for sure. We're gonna have a script of player falls to the ground. Another player's lock arm with the the, the competing player. Scene. Uh, Staples Center. What is it called now? Is it not Staples Center anymore? It's something else. It's Crypto.com. No, the fact that, that you say away. Staples Center means it is. Has it gone back Staples. to Staples Center? No, it's just still called Staples Center. That's true. It's something else. The forum. <laughs> Let's go Whatever. way back. I want to call every arena it's and stadium. Something. Or I want was. to call wherever the Phillies play now, Veteran Stadium. 
Oh, so uh, the Pirates still play at Three Rivers, right? <laughs> Just go way back. Turner Field. Eagles also play at Veteran. Oh, no, I'm going further. Atlanta oh, okay. Fulton County Stadium. The Coliseum. I don't even know if they're still in Fulton County, but I'm going to say that they play in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Chad, uh, our, one of our – The Bucks play in the Sombrero still, right? <laughs> Last one of I our uh, alphas of the weekend. I mean, if we're going back in time, uh, the Coliseum is what? L, uh, LP Field, Nissan Stadium uh, for the Titans. Oh, man, it was Derek LP Hen- Field. Derek Henry uh, going out. If, I think he has played his last game as a Tennessee Titan. He addressed, he grabbed the mic and addressed the, the crowd after the game and, and the Titans' upset win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, keeping the Jags out of the playoffs. And Henry, I mean, if it is his last game, what a way to go out. Uh, going out like it was one of those vintage performances that we have seen in the past. Uh, his one of his one of his runs, 69 yards, longest run since 2021 for him. Uh, it was a, a nice send off for a guy that, I mean, over the last eight years has meant a lot to the franchise, but also has been very consistent for the franchise. First play of the game offensively for the Titans, they hand it off to Henry. Where's that been? He gets 10, 11 yards, well, and he's dragging dragging defenders on the play. Yeah. And the offensive line is giving him the push from behind. I'm thinking, Derrick Henry's not going to go out like some no. run-of-the-mill running back. Uh, he, he's he's going to go out like Derrick Henry should go out in yeah. Nashville. He, he was terrific. It, it was vintage Derrick Henry. And where was that offensive line all year for the Titans? Exactly. They were controlling the line of scrimmage. They looked competent for one day. It was amazing to watch what they were able to get done on the ground. But good for Derrick Henry. He is a pro football Hall of Famer one day. I think he's still got something left in the tank. He's going to go and help a contender. Um, I believe he's gone from the Titans because I don't think he thinks the Titans can win or compete for a Super Bowl anytime soon. And he's concerned with going to win a Super Bowl somewhere. And he's wasted two years. Yeah, Titans are going to probably offer him something. Uh, but he's going to go somewhere else where he can win a Super Bowl or thinks that he can, and uh, more power to him. Been a terrific part of the Nashville community. Great running back to watch, and that was the perfect send-off for him yesterday. Agreed. Chad? Uh, Over eight yards per carry on the day. I, I mean, and just the just the way he went about it. You know, the team has absolutely sucked, and he's been that consistent pro. You know, that that for a guy who is by far the most popular pro athlete in Nashville, Oh yeah, and the brand travels with him. The Buffalo Bills. I don't know how many teams, Chad, you would put on a list of teams that you truly believe can win the Super Bowl. I have the Bills on this list. I do too. They went into the game last night against Miami, not no into Sunday, not knowing if they could even make the postseason. There were scenarios out there if they lost, but they win. They hang on late. They get the pick late, but they. They produce in the clutch. Josh Allen has been good after the the start to the season where he's turning the football over all over the place. And by winning the division, it means they're not going through Kansas City and they're sending Miami that direction. And they get to host a playoff game this weekend. That's great for the Buffalo Bills who, I mean, what, a month and a half ago? I'm sitting here saying... Josh Allen's a different story than these other quarterbacks that are battling for the postseason. It should be expected regardless of the schedule. And it was a tough one. Regardless of the schedule, Josh Allen's got to be on that pedestal if he's in the category we've already placed him in. And he has been. I know he turned the football over, but that team wins. They can win in different ways. And Allen is going to help them win in a great fashion in the postseason. He could also help them lose 
But I, that, they are one of the teams that are built to to win a four game stretch and do it all the way through the title matchup. It's not always in pro sports, especially. It's not always the best team wins. <clears throat> right. Oftentimes, the hottest team wins. I think about the Nick Foles Eagles team getting hot at the right time. That matters a lot. This Bills team was buried when they lost in Philly in that game or earlier this year. They look like not only, hey, are they going to get a bad seed? They may not make the playoffs at that point. And the way they've won since then and the type of plays that Josh Allen can make that is very unique to him. Perfect example is the game that puts it away, the play that puts the game away last night where he looks like he is hemmed in close to the sideline. There is no way he's going to get the 12 yards or whatever he needed at that point to get a first down. And he somehow runs for the first down, lunges forward two yards past the line to gain, ball game over. Those are plays Josh Allen makes that uh, not many others in the NFL, there's maybe one or two guys capable of making those types of plays. He may be the one guy capable of making that play while also at some point throwing across his body for a big play down the field with his arm. Now, he made a mistake last night throwing it across his body yep. also. Uh, he's prone to do that as well. But I'm with you, Hutton. This Bills team is one to watch out for. Hot at the right time of the year. Uh, I like their chances in this AFC field that, to me, is sort of muddied right now. The, the Ravens are the best team throughout the regular season, but what are they going to be in the playoffs? I like this Bills team. A lot to like about Puka Nakua. Davey Hudson has been on the uh, the, the Nakua bandwagon. Founding member of yeah, this fan yeah. club I this mean, year. It's like... Uh, Two things that Davey loves, uh, Creed and Puka Nakua. I think he talked about Puka Nakua. In fact, he wanted a Puka shell necklace early oh, in the right. year. Um, I made that part up. But I and, think in, in training camp, he did say that, uh, you know, watch out for this guy. Um, he was on him before the season even started. Yes, and the, the former uh, BYU standout sets two NFL rookie records. Uh, in week 18, I will say it's 18 weeks, but did it when the Rams are – making the surge for the postseason. Now they're headed to Detroit, and they get the, the sixth seed. But they have this... The Rams, who said, F, F them picks. Yep. Here's a fifth-round pick where they get it right. They have been drafting. They had a third-round pick to begin the draft, what, two years ago or last year? And that was their first pick. And uh, the, the year that the Patriots took the offensive lineman from UTC, Chattanooga, in the first round. Yeah. They had a third-round grade on him. And... They were laughing, openly laughing about it. They have done nothing but draft well. Cole Strange there you go. was that player, yes. They have done nothing but draft well, and here they are again where, I mean, they have, they went for it and won it, and here they are hitting it again with another solid player, consistent player, time and time again. One year off, right? They one, had the one, one year, year step back, and they're right back in the playoffs, and not only are they right back in the playoffs, and you mentioned the hit rate with their yeah. small amount of draft picks, Nakua, a great example. They're going to Detroit, where they yeah. feasted on the previous trade with them to go win a Super Bowl, and now the path goes to Detroit. It's, it's a really cool story for that one. I'm all into Detroit, but also the Rams. Pretty good coach. I'd say a pretty good coach they have, and that shows yeah. once again with McVay. Also stunning to me, this rookie record has held up since 1960. Bill Groman of the Oilers. That is crazy. And he tied the uh, with the touchdown yesterday. He tied the rookie record at one thousand four hundred seventy-three yards in the season. That 
which is much success in the passes that we see in the league. I'm shocked that it took that long to do it. Uh, betas of the weekend, Chad. Get us started. Norby Williamson of ESPN. Um, I can't think of a more public flogging and putting in your place than what Norby Williamson suffered on Friday and over the weekend because uh, not only did no one publicly come to your defense when Pat McAfee called you a rat, but Pat McAfee comes back on his show on Monday and doubles down and calls you an old hag on his show because you don't want to support him and don't understand digital and don't understand the way of the future. Uh, A bad few days for Norby Williamson, who does look like a beta in all this, and not just because of what Pat McAfee's saying about him, but because he couldn't get over his own, he's, he's loyal to his own opinion, apparently. And that is a detriment for people out there, and it happens all too often. Yep. I don't like this guy. I don't like this girl. I don't like this person. I didn't want to bring them in. Uh, I know I'm getting paid a lot of money by this company to see to it to their success, but I don't care. I want them to fail, even if it hurts our company. That's what it sounds like Norby Williamson has been up to. That's what Pat McAfee is accusing him of. Here's what every company needs from its executives. They need the executives to worry about the success and the growth and the prosperity of their individual brand and their company. They don't need them to worry about how much they've been right or what they can take credit for personally. That is where companies and brands start to lose their way. ESPN is a good example of this over the last seven to 10 years, let's say. Norby Williamson, a big part of ESPN. Norby Williamson, very successful career. But when you allow your own personal wants and desires, and whether you like someone or don't, and then because the boss above me hired this guy, I'm going to see to it that this person fails. When that starts to creep in, you become a beta, you become a loser. Norby Williamson looks like a gigantic loser in this whole situation right now because the way Pat McAfee has brought him to light for everyone to see. Now, we have not heard from Norby Williamson. So I say all this to say he's got a chance to speak for himself also. And we've not heard one word from him on any of this. We allow ourselves to change our opinion if we hear from him and he sounds believable and like he's not doing this. Yep. Chad, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, win and in. Win and win the division. Handle your business. Get to the postseason. This team was 8-3. and three, And they end outside looking in of a seven-team NFL playoff bracket. And they're in the AFC South by losing on the road against the Tennessee Titans. And uh, Trevor Lawrence should be held to the expectation of where he was placed. High school, college, pro. It didn't start out well for him with what we saw from Urban Meyer. I get it. But... This is a talented Jacksonville team. Generational talent, Trevor Lawrence, with bum shoulder and all, got to win some more games. Got to. Pressure's got to be on him. It'll be on Peterson, too, going into the 2024 offseason and going into next year. He's got to be not just the franchise quarterback, the playoff quarterback. He got the experience in Kansas City. And now, on the road in the AFC South against a bad Tennessee Titans team and roster. One of the teams with the worst depth across the entire league. The Jags can't go on the road and win. Not just Lawrence, but that entire team looked lazy yesterday. I don't think they're pissed off enough about it either. I agree. Uh, This has to be a soul-searching offseason, and I I don't get the sense in any of the comments 
or their public appearance or Peterson's appearance today for the media, I don't think they're angry enough about what happened. And I think we can get a little too caught up in, oh, this guy needs to be kicking and screaming and yelling at everyone and throwing chairs around and doing that. I don't need to see that all the time. I need to see more than what I saw from Jacksonville after that performance yesterday with everything in front of them. What about Joe Coy's performance at the Golden Globes? It is not Joe Coy's fault that not enough people know who Joe Coy is. Uh, I understand that he is a successful stand-up comic that sells out venues. Um, I didn't know who Joe Coy was till I heard him on the Fly on the Wall podcast with David Spade and Dana Carvey, two guys I do know who they are. And most of you out there know who those guys are, too. You may not know who Joe Coy is. Joe Coy got the gig on December 23rd to host the Golden Globes. I don't know who fell out or who they were asking that couldn't do it, but he accepted that role on December 23rd. And on January 7th, he hosted the Golden Globes, and it was awful. And I am someone who does not take great delight in watching someone bomb. It's very uncomfortable to watch. And as someone that's also in entertainment, that it's my job to either inform or entertain, I don't take great pleasure in watching someone bomb to the level Joe Coy did last night. But where Joe Coy makes our beta list is when he bombs, he reverts to, well, I didn't write these jokes. That's what he said on stage. You're laughing at the jokes I wrote, but someone else wrote the jokes that are bombing. And then if he said something later in the night, oh, that's something someone else wrote every time. Not a great look for a stand-up comic when you are employing people to help write jokes for you because Joe Coy, you signed off on those jokes. You said they were funny enough. It's your job to work on them leading into the monologue and make sure they work before you go out there. It's not the writer's fault at that point. Once you accept the joke, Joe Coy was awful last night. Um, at the uh, at the Golden Globes. Here's something else I get tired of these award show, and this was it last night. Every default joke about white people being bad, it gets so old. Um, I felt bad for some of the nominees in the foreign film category because the people presenting the award were making fun of them for being white. That there were too many white people. Then you can't accept the award. Nominated, and they go up there, and I'm thinking, well, I'm glad this woman speaks a different language. As she goes up there and accepts the award, so she didn't have to be insulted and humiliated and felt like she needs to apologize for being white at an award show. It's just weird how that's now just an acceptable thing to do. Of, well, there's too many white people at this table, uh, so we're going to make fun of the white people now. Yeah, or you didn't laugh at this joke because there's too many white people uh, in the room was one thing that Joe Coy said. That's weird, not funny. Give me Ricky Gervais, who you know is going to go in and piss everyone off and doesn't care. <laughs> And it also helps to have someone who is a celebrity because we're in a room filled with celebrities of that status. They do not, they are such elitists. They do not respect you if they don't know you. And when he's on oh. stage, they did not respect that guy one bit. They didn't like Ricky Gervais either, but I, I didn't even know that it was taking place last night because Ricky Gervais wasn't hosting chat. Uh, so with the current spread right now, Washington plus five and a half against Michigan tonight. I, I want Washington to win. I'm taking the Wolverines. I'm taking the Wolverines minus five and a half. Uh, I, I'm taking their defense, top of the country, and I'm, I'm taking the, the methodical offense in the run game against Washington. Give me Michigan also. I want Washington to win. I'm like you, Hutton. Uh, someone here at Old Smokey said, I'm taking Washington money, money line. I said, I hope, sir, that you are correct. But I think Michigan's dominant offensive and defensive lines win this game. And which, which of uh, Ted's – Which uh, Ted do you take? Which Ted do you take, Ted Bundy or Ted Kaczynski? Uh, I mean, with the alma maters for the 
national title night, Washington and Michigan. Ted Bundy, Washington, Kaczynski, Michigan. I've seen more movies on Ted Bundy, so I feel like my heart's with Bundy, Bundy. on this one. And, uh, and he's with the team that I'm rooting for tonight, the Washington Huskies. Jimmy Kaczynski. The Unabomber. Coming up uh, tomorrow, we'll recap the national championship and the very latest across the NFL. Tons of news this week in football. We've got it for you on Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow.